Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us here for episode 11 of The Standoff with Sanjin Brad. Unfortunately, coming with you with news today that New Zealand, Auckland has gone back into alert level three um, and the rest of the country at alert level two. However, that shouldn't concern us. We're looking forward to a great show this evening and I'm joined on a Wednesday evening by my fellow colleague, Brad Inger. Good evening, Brad. Good evening, Sanjay, and good evening to our listeners. It was a predictable week in regards to results, uh, but we've got some interesting news topics to talk about. I look forward to it. Yeah, look, um, we're here every Wednesday night, like I said, at 8pm. You can catch us on our podcast by iHeartRadio at your convenience. So please tune in and um, get your rugby league information from Brad and Sanjay. So look, um, as always, we'll cover off everything that you need to know in the week that was rugby league, a wrap of round 13, preview of round 14, and news from around the world in terms of rugby league. So please um, tune in, and I think what we'll do right now is crack into the top stories of the week, Brad. Yeah, and I suppose uh, we started last week with um, Warriors news that was a bit sombre. I uh, got a bit more better news this week, so we've got a coach, which is which is great to know. Um, Nathan Brown signed on for a three-year deal, um, starting officially on the 1st of November, and Phil Goulds joined the club as a consultant with the aim of developing an academy in New Zealand. So um, before we go on to the rest, what are your thoughts on that? I'm very excited about the Nathan Brown signing. I think it's a good move from the Vodafone Warriors. I think that, um, you know, the fact that they've been able to get Phil Gould over here, it does speak a little bit of um, volume for the respect that the board have got in the NRL. I think finally someone is wanting to come over here and do something for the New Zealand Warriors. Um, and I'm really, really happy and proud about that. I think that there should be a good expectation out of this one. We've had um, bursts of expectation in the past with Blue McLennan coming back from Super League. Everyone thought then, hey, listen, the Daniel Andersons, the Ivan Clearys, you know, we've been there, thereabouts a few times. But this is a really exciting time in the um, in the Vodafone Warriors uh, tenureship in the NRL, I, I would say. Yeah, so I'm yeah. um, really looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. I think um, Nathan Brown, I, I was still a bit iffy when I heard the news, but he's got the job, so I'm, I'm willing and see how he goes. Um, with Phil Gould, I, um, I've been harping on a bit about it, that um, the biggest issue I see with the club is there's no development structure. They um, like We talked uh, a few, few weeks ago now on one of the earlier episodes that they've got to deal with Redcliffe Dolphins and a lot all ties with New Zealand and Phil Gould's coming in to kind of retie those ties and try to build a pathway much like we see at Penrith if it's going to be as successful as Penrith we don't know but it's good to see them at least trying something although I looked a bit dumbfounded last week saying I don't know what the club's doing don't know where their plans are so it looks like they've got plans and they're going forward so that's a positive definitely no, yeah, I think um, it's it's going to be exciting times. Like I said before, um, Phil Guild, like he's a, he's he's one of these um, no nonsense figures in rugby league, you know, like and he gives it to you straight. But he's also very um, educated in all aspects of rugby league. You know, he he's a smart rugby league person. And uh, you know, I I first got a the best glimpse of that for me was when he won the Origins, 
I think, between 93 to 96. And then they lost one yeah. year and then he won three more. So he won six yeah. out of seven origins um, in the 90s. So now looking forward to having Phil uh, come over and um, exciting times. And at the moment, you know what? It's actually um, it's reflecting on the game that uh, the, the Warriors are playing as well. I mean, happy camp upstairs. The boys are going out there and, okay, look, they're not, you know, they're not perhaps expected to win this weekend. Um, but they're, they're putting in some good performances when, to be honest, we right now, with the way that the club is leading Blake Green go last week, it could have been like 40 nil at the weekend and people wouldn't have blinked an eye. So, you know, people got to take, um, you know, be mindful of that. Eh? Like the Warriors are not playing too badly. Okay, they're not having the best season again. Um, but considering um, where everything has been against them and so forth, um, not doing too badly, Brad. Yeah, definitely. And that's a good question from Simon, which I'll hold off until our, our question section because I think I've that's a good question to talk about but before we move on to other news uh the warriors have announced officially announced one signing but have actually signed two so kane evans the the big prop from Parramatta eels he's officially signed a two-year deal with the club and yuan aiken from the dragons is centered there it hasn't been announced by the club but he's actually announced it himself on social media that he signed a three-year deal with the club i think they're just waiting for the for the ink to dry before they announce it but think some good signings there um another another big boy in the middle and a strike center which everyone has said the Warriors need yeah I think um a couple of good signings there coming off the back of um the signing of the new coach obviously Nathan Brown and um obviously Gus Gould so yeah uh look I, I haven't seen a heck of a lot of those guys to be honest I mean only what we've seen this season really so we'll have to um wait and see how they sort of pan out but I mean yeah I just um with Ivan Cleary there uh you know, sorry, with the with the signing, um, Ivan Cleary, obviously the former uh, Warriors coach, he was certainly instrumental at once upon a time in making them what they were. So um, let's hope that Nathan Brown and, and Gus Gould can get it right um, in terms of um, the new coaching duo. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of Ivan Cleary, um, he's been fined $20,000 for his um, post-match comments about the referees. I think the direct quote was the Raiders were being matched back into the game. And uh, Peter Volandi's come out firing, really, and said that it's um, despicable to accuse the refs of managing a team back into a game. Um, yeah, very into I was intrigued by him making the comments because they had just won the eighth game in a row, which we're going to cover later. And it's it's not really a comment you make when you're winning. Oh, um, come so, yeah, on. I, think, I think this whole thing has been blown out of proportion, mate. It's not a big deal. He went off and said that um they need to be managed back into the game. I mean, okay, yeah, it sounds a little bit deplorable. That's the word that Valandi did use, deplorable. And I was like, well, you could be taking it as deplorable. But, I mean, he's a seasoned campaigner. And I mean, clearly he was pretty much from his perspective just saying it the way that it was, <laughs> you know. like yeah. So, at the end of the day, um, you know, I, I, I actually am really like um just humorized by that whole situation to be honest i think um yeah it's just let's just play rugby league man like let's uh yeah you know, he's gonna say if he wants to say something in the game he's gonna say it isn't it's cost him 20k he, he, he it'll cost him he, he'd be disappointed that he's lost his 20k but he'll be like oh well oh, would he have said it again he, he you know what ivan's kind of character he probably would have so yeah um yeah yeah, he, he's usually he's usually got one in him a year. He got in trouble with it last year for uh, addressing a ref in the in the tunnel. Um, so yeah, I, it's not too big a deal in my opinion, as like you said. So um, yeah, I think he'll just write the check and move on. Absolutely, and I mean, um, in more controversial news this week, obviously we've got the biosecurity breaches. Can you believe how many idiots there are? making mistakes like this on the weekend going for coffees going to get their barbershop uh, meet their friends at the barbershop i mean it is unbelievable who have we got we got wayne bennett obviously no sorry not wayne. we've got paul vaughan um tavita Pangai jr and uh alfie langer of course um, that was um don't know if that was a really selfish one but um but tavita Pangai jr uh that was a terrible terrible situation he got himself into the um bread yeah it's shocking um Pangai Jr's kind of had a week um he's actually it was just before we went on air the NRL have actually stood him down indefinitely and fined him 30 grand for it so um he has been told he's not allowed to play again until they're confident that he will um no longer do these breaches because apparently the police the police raid one that he, he got busted for wasn't his first he he's apparently been doing it quite a bit so um, I think 
McGregor, the, the coach of the Dragons, came out and was quite brutal against Paul Vaughan, said it was a very selfish decision, rightly so. Um, I think it, it's Wayne Bennett was the one that kind of started all of this when um, he got snapped. And he's actually um, on the board, the, the Apollo board, I think they call it, which is in charge of making all these rules to make sure everyone stays in line. So the fact that he's on the board of making these decisions and then he goes and does that, um, it, it's a real bad look, especially when you've got like the Warriors over there um, away from families and that, and these guys are just taking the piss, basically. Yeah, I just think um, it was, uh, you know, the, the Vaughan one was a really serious one, I think. Um, a couple of players left out injured um, and tend to sort of deprive your team of his skill set on the night uh, for the Dragons. It was just definitely going to be um, a very selfish act, unfortunately. Uh, and there was nothing else that could be said about it, really. You know, Tavita yeah. Pangai Jr., obviously, um, going down to the bikies to meet his mates. I mean, just where do you, where's the thinking process? Like, I mean, how much, you know, you're going to cost yourself a couple of thousand dollars, um, top some games away. Like, I mean, nothing good can come of those actions. And particularly with the, uh, I guess, the social aspect of it. I mean, with the, you know, everyone in community at the moment around the rules and regulations of the COVID virus, um, it, it sort of, you know, illustrates their, you know their best their personality to the public in such a way well look they don't they don't got no disregard for um what's been going on so no regard for what's going on so like it's just yeah um absolute craziness i, I think so but yeah we'll move on yeah well we'll, we'll keep on the same uh, kind of path a bit because we're talking about pangai and we're talking about the broncos um they've had a great week i think <laughs> um They've got players banned uh, for breaching the bubble, like we just said with Pangai Jr. Um, Seabolt's been out because he stayed in Sydney for some family reasons. Um, Darius Boyd's quit the leadership group. Uh, there's um, Peter Gentle is in charge for the next two weeks, and uh, I'm not sure about you, but I don't actually know who he is. Um, so yeah. it's for a, a dynasty club, which you can say the Broncos are, um, it's... I. It, it's horrible. I don't know what's going on there, but they need to well, fix could be, it. Yeah. This could be seen as their worst season on record, really. Like, I mean, if you have a look at um, what's not gone their way and and all the controversy that's surrounded, you know, basically Bennett being pushed on, uh, Seabell being, uh, uh, you know, appointed, and it really has um, just gone pear-shaped from that point onwards, <laughs> it's fair to say. So, um, yeah, uh, look, it's 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 another very tough little period within a period, I guess, this next couple of weeks where they're without a coach and, you know, Darius has sort of dropped out and there's players asking, to talking to other clubs, hey, can I come there kind of thing. So, um, yeah, probably the poorest time in the history, I would say, um, and that's disappointing. But, yeah, um, hey, look, we, we talk about Brisbane a lot. I think that, you know, we should just uh, let, give them a bit of a break and, you know, just move on from for a little while. And so what we'll do in the meantime is crack on to round 13. Uh, and on Thursday night, um, we started with the Dragons versus the Roosters, Brad. Yeah, so the Roosters won this match 25-16, to 16, and I think Luke Carey stole the show um, and is definitely must be in the conversation to join Nathan Cleary in the house for the State of Origin at the end of the year. Oh, he looks a, he looks a show, and yeah, I think so. Like, I mean, he's probably the best 5-8 going around. Um, you know, obviously, if him and Nathan are going to be at the helm, then the New South Wales boys will have a strong... Harbs pairing for your Queensland Maroons. What do you have to say about that, Brad? What do you think? Yeah, I think it's not going to... I don't think it's going to be a, a I mean, Munster's out injured after the season anyway, so... Exactly, yeah. I think Queensland's going to be in a bit of trouble, unfortunately, for me. Um, so, yeah, I think yeah, they're just too good. And Roosters being too good as well. They're missing nine of their top players, and that's their third straight win. And... Um, the Dragons, they're, they're not easy beats at the moment, as we've seen, and I think they're just getting a bit lost. Um, I've heard rumours that everyone's saying McGregor's lost the the, leader room, uh, the the locker room and that he's not even selecting the sides anymore. So um, it sounds like the back the backstage stuff is a bit messy there. And um, oh, yeah. Buzz, Rockfield, Buzz Rockfield basically said that McGregor's last game as coach will actually be this week. They reckon he'll be given the sack after the weekend. 
Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that they were looking at sacking him that quickly, poor bloke, because um, I thought that they'd play out the rest of the season at least. But yeah, in terms of him going on, there was just not going to be an opportunity, I think, um, for the Dragons to let it continue. So the powers that be over there will definitely um, make a decision and move on from, you know, they showed glimpses of trying to come back. I was hopeful, particularly of the Dragons sort of, um, you know, coming back strong at the back end of the season. But um, unfortunately, just not strong enough this year. And um, yeah, a, a few mistakes made too early in the in the rounds straight after COVID, um, I yeah. think. Well, yeah, COVID part one, I guess you could say. Um, so that was when I think they sort of had the real issues that sort of um, halted their season. So, uh, but hey, Zach Lomax, um, you know, he, he's playing some good rugby league. Really happy for that fellow, you know, like um, he, he he played some really good games over the last four or five weeks particularly. Um, and, yeah, like you say, for the Roosters, um, a third straight victory despite injury concerns. So um, Jake Friend, obviously, just a little bit on the um, Mitch Orbison uh, 300th game. Uh, it was a privilege to play with Mitch Orbison, uh, is what Jake said. So, you know, that's a big that's a big um, rap from uh, a seasoned veteran and your captain. So I'm um, good on um, Orbison for scoring in his 300th try as well. I think that was a great achievement for him. Um, in terms of uh, just one person who's not really getting a mention at the Roosters end is Siwa Takiaho. Uh, he never gets a mention. Um, he is Colossus. He's playing 80 minutes of uh, rugby league pretty much every week. Uh, uh, next to Fisher Harris, Papali, Waira Hargraves, um, you know, he's not even getting a mention. Um, but yeah, he's a hell of an athlete. Yeah, he's he's a real good player. It's one of the the case of the one that got away because he was a warrior. He he played one match oh, for the Warriors before I think they it's let the him case go. Of many that got in the way, Brad. I mean, we say one Nickel Fox <laughs> dead. I mean, you know, we just let Blake Green go last week. So, you know, we love to let um, good players go. Um, but let's hope that we can attract a few as well in the next couple of years. But now, hey, look, good on him. And um, let's hope that we see him uh, progress well to, into the final series. Um, on Friday night, we had the Seagulls versus the Warriors, in which was a fantastic result for the Vodafone Warriors. Um, I think it was uh, a very good game from them and um, capped off by a few beautiful-looking tries, you'd have to say, Brad. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, my try of the game was Patrick Herbert's first game. It was, um, I call it the cricket catch try, where he um, did the jump forward to catch it. Um, great win by the team. Um, I know we both we both picked them to win, but I, a lot of them in Australia didn't give them um, a chance in hell, really. And they just came out quick and fast early and the seagulls basically only scored when the warriors had a guy in the bin which unfortunately happened twice yeah i'm look i i i think that this win is about the platform that's coming from the top i i feel i, I think that the, the club stability these last couple of weeks the wins that they've had yes they had some pretty poor losses prior to that particularly the one versus the sharks they lost by many points but you know what these guys um are starting to play a bit more prouder I guess you could say. That's how I've sort of seen it. And of yeah. course, with two of shit coming in and playing in their second 5-8 role, I think has helped as well in playing more at the line. They're definitely a lot more threatening with him hanging around the back of their ruck. So um, good on them. I think it was an, it was a solid performance. Definitely the try for me was that, um, you know, Herbert catch in the corner. That's, uh, that's a fantastic try. You know, you wish a million times that those kind of plays come off. And, that, you know, a couple of tries um, on the weekend for the Warriors from kicks. The Chanel Harris-DeVita. Um, little chippy as well. I mean, like, you know, that was, um, you know, his skill set is going to improve and he's got the confidence to sort of do that early on in his career. Then, um, you know, he, he, he bodes well to be a good combination. And if they're going to stick with them for now, um, then great, you know, like we'll have to just um, wait and see. Yeah, definitely. I think um, it's, it's the first time they've actually played in the halves together, Chanel and Cody. So, I think it's something that can definitely build, but it's it's a good starting base. I, I think I liked what they they did there. Um, Cody Cody moved to the right hand side, which I think opened up a lot more attack, which is why you saw Herbert and Hiku do quite well. And um, yeah, I think it's going to be good. We just got to wait and see. It's, it's they're going to be have some bumps in the road, but we're kind of used to that as Warriors fans at the moment. So. Oh. Absolutely, and we'll preview their game against the Panthers a little bit later on, ladies and gentlemen. So, um, yeah, I mean, in terms of the manly side, um, injury woes continue, losing Fennel Blake, Martin to power during the match. I mean, their players need to back up, and um, unfortunately, they've just got too many uh, out injured. And of course, Toby Turbo, um, you know, he, uh, he's uh, he's not still not back, and um, you know, they can't wait soon enough for his return, really, because they are lacking um, his presence. Because when he's there, they win seventy eight percent of the time. Um, yeah. compared to 30, 33% of the time, I think it is, when he's not. So uh, this season's yeah, obviously um, 
it's it's hanging in, in the balance really like um they've been going on a downward spiral so it'll be interesting to see uh when we have a look at the ladder a little bit later on what we think um and how they'll go this week so um yeah and from, from the warriors perspective um todd payton not doing too bad a job considering um you know everything that's going on around him so um, well done to them and we'll move on to the other friday after friday night's fixture sorry and on friday night we had the rabbitos um taking out the broncos 28 points to 10. poor old broncos <laughs> yeah the, the pain continues for the broncos but um to be honest the rabbitos didn't even look like they changed gear it just seemed like a training run for them it, it was it was a lot closer than i thought i thought it was going to be a blowout but um the rabbitos they i think the bonus i've been harping on about it that um the errors are letting them down and they actually got single digit errors this week which is quite good they only had six um and they're 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 coming back in they're they're coming in with a wet sail but they're coming in so it's um yeah i think you can basically put a put an l next to every broncos game for the remainder of the year but it'll be interesting to see what the rabbitos do it will be interesting to see i think yeah uh, look we'll move on uh, in terms of uh, to other Friday night fixtures, Seabold, incidentally though, um, he was happy with that effort. Um, so seriously, obviously some big issues up there at the Brisbane Broncos when your coach is saying he's pretty happy with that effort. At 28 yeah. to 10, um, I wouldn't be saying that. So unfortunately no. for them, the um, misery continues. But um, we have on, sorry, Saturday evening, we moved on to, because uh, the Warriors game was on Friday. On Saturday evening, we yep. had the Storm versus the Bulldogs. Yeah, so a bit of a whitewash here, unfortunately, for Bulldogs fans. Uh, Storm won 41 to 10. Unfortunately for the Storm, though, they lost the Munster in this match. He's got a medial ligament injury. Um, I I haven't heard how long it's going to be, but it's a few weeks, they believe. So a um, bit, bit tough when the, the Storm have a, a pretty tough opponent this week, losing Munster and Cameron Smith. So, yeah, I'd like to keep those two permanently out of um, Queensland contention for the rest. I know that Cameron Smith doesn't play Origin anymore, but if Cameron Munster's leg could just be a season-ending one night, it wouldn't be too bad a thing uh, for the New South Wales supporters. Um, so, yeah, um, I think, like you say, Bulldogs started the match strongly, but uh, besides that, there was just nothing left. <laughs> uh, the Storm eventual winners, 41 points to 10. Um, on said day, following that game, we had... Brad, what do we have on the game following had, that one? We had the Knights playing the Tigers, and the Knights um, defeated the Tigers heavily, 44-4. to um, It's the first time we got to see Blake Green in the in the Knights jersey, and I think he he paired up well with Pierce, and it let he did Caleb good, Ponga. Didn't he? he did, yeah, and it let Kalen Ponga do what he does best, and he destroyed the Tigers. I think what's his stats here? He's got two tries, two try assists, three line breaks, 240 metres, and he kicked six goals um arguably his best game of the year oh definitely his best game of the season by far um you know he he, he was able to destroy them though like you say with their platform laid up front by pierce and green so um this could be a good um you know a good little uh buffer for them with the coming into the uh back end of the season for the knights because they were sort of an inconsistent side over the last five six weeks sort of winning here and there being threatened up north uh in terms of you know uh but you know taking the games a bit lightly uh so i think that you know good on them for um you know picking him up and i think that um yeah he's going to let ponga play out the back and that's what they need yeah it's definitely um they're a lot better now i think the the couple of weeks where the coach has been hitting them hard about being entitled i think they've finally got it into their heads that they don't just deserve to win by showing up so they're actually putting an effort in and they show how devastating they can be when they got their mind to it Oh, absolutely. I mean, and from the Tigers' perspective, unfortunately, Maguire, um, he's starting to get criticised uh, of his coaching now. Um, there hasn't really been too much negative stuff said about uh, Michael Maguire. He, he runs a pretty good ship. He runs a strict ship. And, um, you know, we know exactly the way his coaching method is. Uh, he, he'll tell you the way that it is and, you know, he'll replace you if need be. But unfortunately, it's becoming a case over at the Tigers that they're trying to um, impress him more than go out there and play the best type of football because of the way that he, what he expects from his players. So now, you know, his players are sort of sitting on eggshells, um, you know, playing to impress rather than playing, you know, to get tries on the weekend. So unfortunately, yeah. that's been what's happening. Um, yeah, I think I think he um, he keeps chopping and changing the players because they're not performing but that means they're not actually building any chemistry together on the field 
So um, every week, if you look to your left and there's a different guy there, you're not going to gel and you're basically starting fresh every game, which isn't good when you're trying to make the eight. No, it's not. I mean, the new house pairing, like you said, seems good for um, uh, the Knights there. But I mean, the only other good thing to come out of uh, the other, the only other big, you know, sort of news to come out of that game, uh, the Benji's defense was exploded again heavily. Um, twice, I think he is in plays where they led to tries. And um, we're two for him now. I guess uh, people are starting to ask the question, you know. Um, he's been a stalwart of the game, you know, very, very proud Kiwi. Um, and, you know, he's come back to the Tigers, I think, after being in the Broncos and before that, obviously, stint um, in the Super Rugby. But, yeah, maybe it's um, it's time that Benchy calls it a day, Brad. It's just an interesting one that I thought I'd bring up. I mean, I don't, I don't, um, I, I'm not suggesting that myself, but um, you'd have to be saying um, maybe have a go at um, being in the hooking position for the last little while and try and um, stay in the comp that way. Yeah, possibly. Um, at the moment, if he decides to go on another year, there is a hooker spot open because Harry Grant will be making his way back to Melbourne. So that could be an option. Um, if it works, not sure, but he he's definitely going to have to have a look and see what he wants to do. You don't really want to be, you know, that old timer that's just kind of there because of your name. So <coughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that, that's potentially what it could start to look like, you know. But um, yeah, I think that if he went into the nine position, he, he'd be defending in the middle. Um, he wouldn't be in those positions where he's um, left against a much faster and younger centers and five eights at the moment and i think that they're just running him ragged a little bit to be honest so um yeah look we'll have to um we'll have to keep an eye on that but on um, on the other saturday night game we had the panthers versus the raiders the panthers going out in this match of the round 28 points 12 brand yeah and that was the eighth win in a row for penrith um competition basically looks like it's theirs to lose um i think they equaled the club record and yeah, the they're club playing record. the warriors yeah, that's the club record, and they've got the Warriors this weekend, so there's a, a pretty good chance they're going to have a new record. Oh, to be fair, they they, they should um, create that new record against the Warriors this weekend. Um, in terms of that, um, we'll talk to, we'll talk about that a little bit later on, but yeah, I mean, in terms of the Panthers, 24-0 um, at half-time, half and um, that, that first half has been labelled as some of the best um, football they've played ever, so... And that, and that was really evident if you watch the game. I mean, the first five minutes, they didn't even have the ball. And then bang, bang, uh, when they got the ball, after around the top minute mark, I believe, it, there was two tries up. Um, yeah. And it was just that, that phenomenal defence in the first five minutes really laid the platform for this victory. Um, and make no bones about it. That was brutal defence, to say the least. Yeah, and their attack was... Um... I think the thing that I like about the pen, they can be very exciting on attack, but they do the basics very well. Like uh, Kakao's try was just a basic um, drawn pass, good line, boom, he was through. He wasn't basically not even touched. So they can they can put a highlight reel on you, but they can do the basics and still score. So they can just score whenever they want, which is really scary for the other teams. Well, I think they put them in really good positions. I mean, you've got like um, young Cleary there. He's Nathan Cleary. He's just basically got that ball on a string at the moment. You know, like all the plans that he executes are paying off. Um, he's very, very skilled at getting himself ahead of the pack and, and making the play. And he's got the he's got the resources on, on each side to sort of go bang bang. And even with the up Coruscant, um, they're a hell of a rugby league team. And yeah, they're going to be um, the team to be for sure. And you know, uh, good luck to them against the other Warriors on the weekend. Um, obviously, we're going for the Warriors, but I mean, if, if they do manage to be the club record, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't put another Penrith team, I'd say, of yesteryear past them, would you? I mean, that's a very strong team. Definitely not. And um, for the Raiders side of things, um, they had chances, but just made silly errors, and they'll be disappointed. But um, it's not the end of the world for them. I think it's showing that they're they're still there. There was a few games where it looked a bit dicey, but to only lose by a, a handful of points against arguably the best team in the league at the moment, um, you can take some positives out of it for when you build into playoffs. And I'm sure Ricky would have taken a few notes on what he think he can do to like kind of upset the Panthers in the playoffs if they face each other again. Oh, of course. I mean, he would have been making notes on that since the start of the season. <laughs> but um, uh, in terms yeah. of that, like you say, for, for the Raiders, Chance Nickel Clockstead, Two tries, more than 200 metres. Great game. He's now played 45 in the NRL. And considering uh, his finger injury a few weeks ago, um, that was a really good performance. Another masterclass, though, by Nathan Cleary. Nothing could be um, 
said less about this fellow, short kicks, long kicks. Um, but Phil Guild has been the mastermind behind where the Panthers are now. And that's what I'd like to reiterate. You know, like this club has come um, into a really, really successful administration over the last couple of years. The planning and the execution has all been planned by Phil Guild. So, um, you know, that's what we would hope to see. Pardon me. <coughs> that's what we would hope to see at the Warriors, wouldn't we? I mean, like, ideally, if we can um, sort of generate that kind of... Um, you know, feeling within the club um, uh, on their way to, you know, trying to win a championship, but also keep getting the club to be at the successful end of the ladder consistently. I think that's a big one, Brad. What, what do you say about that? Yeah, consistency is the key. I think that's what everyone wants to see. Um, you don't want to be like we've seen with the Warriors in the past, where you, you'll make the eight, have a good run, and then the next 10 years, you're, you're just at the bottom of the ladder fighting with everyone yeah. else. So, you want to be um, like a or a Sydney city where, you know, you, you're in that top, you know, three to six, three to five every yeah. year. That's where you should be. You should be competing there in your club, your your nation, your, your supporters should expect you to be there as well. I mean, that's what makes a great supporting club. And if the Warriors get there, they will have tremendous support. I mean, they've got pretty good support now considering, I mean, you know, to be fair, we're getting flogged again in another season, you know. But to be fair, you know, the Warriors have still got a number of people who will back them. Um, and if they yeah. start winning, that will only ever get better. So, yeah. Yeah, promising times ahead. But uh, that leads us to our first game on Sunday, which saw the Titans defeat the Cowboys 30-10. to 10. Um, Michael Morgan had his return. Um, I think him returning was the reason why I picked the, the Cowboys in this one. And, and um, he let me down. He had... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not to forget. I mean, seven tackles. He missed seven tackles in the game, five in the first half. Um, and he said it himself, he was actually disappointed in his side's performance. Um, and that's what he actually said, and he was embarrassed by it. But um, son, I think you should have been a bit embarrassed by your own sort of play because, uh, mate, it was a result of a few tries. Let me tell you. Yeah, it was shocking. Um, the Titans forwards bullied the Cowboys, and I think. That allowed their backline to flourish, and they just started getting some good tries on. And it actually shows you how dangerous they're going to be next year when you add the the, the forwards they got coming in. Oh, you know, like you know, you, you you can imagine how good they'll be next year. I mean, this Titan side—they're um, playing really good rugby league right now. They're just like obviously at the bottom end of it. Um, but you know, when, when they get those players, but I mean, for example, at the weekend, even Brimson, uh, you know, he was a highlight scoring two tries, setting one up. And, 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 of course, Ash Taylor had pretty much the game of the season, I would say, from his perspective. So And Fogarty was playing really well as well. So, you know, they are clicking under this uh, Justin Holbrook fellow. And, um, you know, they seem to be making good um, progress as a team. And, and that confidence will grow, like you said, next year with the signings they've got next year. Um, and, you know, Mal Meninga at the club, Gordon Tallis. So, you know, they're, they're creating something as well. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens with them. But um, yeah. on Sunday... We moved on to the Sharks versus the Eels, in which was a slop fest to say the least. Um, the Sharks, unfortunately, going down, much to my dismay, you know, I was hoping that they would put it out. I mean, they should have won this one, really, Brad. I should have won this one definitely. I mean, I can't believe it. 12 points to 14. Johnson couldn't kick a bloody goal. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, um, the Eels eventual winners, which is not such a bad thing from the Vodafone Warriors' perspective, if you still think they've got a hope in getting there. But um, yeah, unfortunately, um, for the Sharkies, two points. Yeah, I know we've got a difference of opinion on this one. Um, Sean did play well, but I think his 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 boot cost them the game, in my opinion. I think if he had slotted his kicks, they would have been ahead. Um, but I think the highlight for him was his um, defense. There was that Mitchell Moses got that breakaway and was he ran like 70-odd meters and Sean ran him down and tackled him into touch, which isn't something we normally see from Sean. So... It's good to see yeah, he he's, he's he's putting effort on both sides of the paddock. Yeah, he's playing some really good rugby league, and I'm really happy for him because, like, you know, he's getting criticised, um, you know, left, right and centre at the start of the year, the whole Cooper Cronk comment, you know, um, what was he saying? He's um, firing blanks or something to that effect. So I think Sean Johnson yeah. had, you know, yeah, if, I, I've been watching a few of Sean Johnson's highlights recently, and, like, you know, to be honest, we're forgetting how good he can be, and we're forgetting how dangerous he actually is. Uh, I think that's all just sort of been put by the by because he's been part of the struggling Warriors album for so many years. Now that he's getting the chance to play um, in perhaps a slightly better side at the moment, um, he's he's getting a little bit more opportunity in terms of being able to, um, you know, be part of a, a, a team and take them forward rather than 
you know, try and take the whole team forward yourself. Uh, I yeah. think that's the difference. So he's getting to play alongside some better players and some better strategies, I would say. So no, good on the um, um, Eels, though. Um, what do we have up on the um, – uh, so that's pretty much takes us that's, to our – um, Oh, that's the whole round. Excellent. So yeah. round, round 13 um, picks, what do they look like, Brad? Okay, so while we're loading up the table, so the picks, uh, you got two wrong, unfortunately, and I got the one wrong with my stupid pick of the Cowboys. So um, yes. You picked the Cowboys, that, I picked the Titans. Yeah, and then we had a difference of opinion on the Sharks-Eels game, so that worked out in my favour. So uh, you've got 56 out of 80, and I'm on 61 out of 80. I can't believe I picked the West Tigers to win. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, at 44 points to four, I should have seen it coming. Um, Black Green going across the, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know what I was thinking really. But anyway, yeah, um, 56 versus 61 is where we sit at the moment. If we have a look at the ladder there, um, obviously we've got the Panthers leading the way by that one-point buffer um, at the top of the table. Storm, Eels, Roosters, Raiders, Knights, followed by the Rabbitohs and the Sharks. That makes up the eight, Brad. Yeah, and then in, you got the Seagulls, Tigers, Warriors, Dragons, Titans, Cowboys, Broncos, and then Bulldogs. So I think a lot of people are hoping the Bulldogs string a couple of wins together to put the Broncos right at the bottom. Well, it's looking that way, isn't it? The Broncos certainly look like a, a dead set wooden spoon contender, and it'll probably pan out that way, um, the way things are going for them, unfortunately. But yeah, if we have a look at those teams on the outside of the ruck, um, sorry, on the outside of the eight, um, we've got the Seagulls, Tigers, Warriors, and Dragons. Uh, I would still say that, um, you know, the Warriors in with a slim chance of making it. Um, still four points adrift. But um, I would say everyone from Dragons down are pretty much out. Um, so I think last week we sort of talked about teams from 12 up could have sort of been potentially there. And this week, I guess, now we're going from 11 up. It's not doesn't matter who the team is over here. Regardless, it's the Warriors who probably aren't going to make it, let's be honest. But technically, there's still a chance. I think going to beat, um, you know, they have to, have to beat Penrith this weekend to achieve that. Yeah. Yeah, the Warriors have got a tough draw. I think they're, they've basically got one sh one that you can definitely put as a win, possibly against the Bulldogs, but they've got the Eels, they've got the Panthers, um, they've got the Sea Eagles again. So they've got some tough games coming. So it's highly unlikely, but they're, they've still got that mathematical chance that we always like to talk about. Um, but yeah, I think Dragons down are definitely, you can cross all of them off. Yeah, no, fantastic. Well, um, cool. Thanks for showing us the... Um, the, the the leaderboard there, Paul. We'll move on to the round uh, thirteen, around fourteen draw, and we'll have a look at what we got. Um, oh, um, we got a couple of questions. Oh, oh, questions. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, I forgot about put, the put you on the, uh, put you on the on the dock there. So yeah, so um, as mentioned earlier, we had that Simon's question there. Um, he says, "Good evening, everyone. No offense, Phil is not going to be based in New Zealand. How's he going to develop local talent? Um, and he's uh, and he's not uh, not going to be." Um, and he's not going to be facing the country. When it, yeah, basically, how's he going to, how's he going to develop all this, put these pathways in place when he actually lives back in Australia? Let me answer, let me answer, let me answer this one firstly, Brad. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll say that um, having Phil Gould in any capacity, whether it be on the telephone, on a video conference, in any capacity, is always better than not having it, correct? Well, do you think do you think Phil's up on uh, Zoom calls? Think he's gone all, gone all technical with the old lockdown? <laughs> He's Bill, been doing them at the moment. Um, I know um, he's been asked that a lot this week, and he said he, he's going to spend um, as much time as he can in New Zealand once you're actually allowed to travel to New Zealand. Um, there is a, a huge possibility that um, the Warriors will be stuck in Australia for all of next season too. But he did say he's going to spend every waking moment helping the Warriors, helping set these pathways. I assume he's going to have a team here as well and um like a lot of guys that are in charge of a team you don't have to sit there on their shoulder all the time so i see him being able to direct a, a crew here on what he needs to do um it's yeah, still we've got to wait and see across, you know i mean if the crew is here and he's sort of coming across and he's sort of like you know um being involved that way and they're running things but i mean he's ultimately the guy running it at the behind the scenes kind of thing so i think yeah in any capacity i think um it would work I think well, it did. every it waking moment. I hope he's uh, well. I feel sorry for his partner then and his kids. But anyway, <laughs> um, moving on then. And Jordan goes. Um, what do you guys attribute all the shenanigans happening at the Broncos? Is it uh, is is the blame on the front office, the coaching staff, the players, or all of the above? 
think it's dead set certain it's just one man really unfortunately it's just anthony seabold isn't it really i mean if you look at it every which way he's the only thing that changed after you know bennett was out he was in nothing else changed and now look at the club um you know you got senior members like darius boyd no one needs to talk to him um he's not getting the respect of uh, most of the players and you know you got players asking to go elsewhere it's an absolute shenanigans absolute shenanigans and yeah what do you put it down to anthony seabold i think yeah yeah i think so i think the front office does have some issues too because the ceo of the club is actually he's finished at the end of this year so all the crap that's going on doesn't really seem to concern him because it's going to be someone else's problem in a couple of months so i think the the front office has a, a bit of trouble here because they've kind of made the mess by hiring this guy it's not working and they're not actually doing anything to fix it um so yeah but seabolt's got a lot seems it everything seems to be going back to seabolt and things he's doing um yeah poor so, yeah. sucking a hammering i mean he's just been beaten up left right and center i think we should give him a bit of a break he's gonna jump off the cliff shortly otherwise that fella come on you just blamed him for everything <laughs> <laughs> yeah well there we go that's so, what i mean so, i think we should just move on from the poor old anthony seabold saga so anthony seabold's the guy so breaking news apparently the herald um roger Tuvasa Shek um, and also actually uh, Tohu um, Harris apparently are both considering their futures at the Warriors. Um, uh, Tuvasa Shek may even go over to the Blues, may even change code. What um, what are those two players? How much of a, how much of a loss, or are you or are you not worried about the, the Warriors losing those guys? Essentially, hundred um, percent, definitely worried. <laughs> yeah, devastated if they they leave um i i heard rumors when cooney got the sack that tohu was looking at the bulldogs as an option that as soon as he could get out he'd be gone because he signed with the club because of cooney he's very close to cooney so as soon as that happened i think he was looking for a way out roger is a bit more surprising but i know he's had a, he's taking it hard at the moment being away from family and if they're told look you've got 12 months in australia next year he might be looking at a way out too just to stay home um but yeah devastating if they both leave um or even if one left but um yeah i mean in terms of uh roger to a check there i think um he's also probably mindful that mate uh, with his skill set he wants to chase another championship or two or three you know like that's that's his probably a personal endeavor as well he might not say as much but you know he's one of these icon players and he, he probably get asked by a club hey look we'll come here we'll build it around you just like what we've tried to do with them but yeah i'd be devastated and shocked if he left to be honest hope he doesn't leave <laughs> i'm worried now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've just got confident about the warriors you're doing great, it twice great, great question yes i really appreciate that <laughs> at the 11th hour <laughs> oh there we go so i'll let you look forward to uh to the uh to the next round now <laughs> All right, guys, we'll, we'll preview round 14 after that depressing news. Um, they're possibly Roger to about to check. He's going to go AWOL and leave us. Um, I just, yeah, have a prayer tonight and hope that that doesn't happen because he's been playing some bloody good football lately and we need him to continue. So on look, on, on coming Thursday, we've got the match of the round, potentially the Roosters versus the Storm. It's going to be an absolute crack. I can't believe the odds are $1.45 to two seventy-five. Um, Brad, I'm going to ask you straight up, man, who are you picking in this one? I'm picking Roosters. I think no Munster, no Smith against the Roosters team is just going to be too hard. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Roosters as well. I think that they, um, because of that Munster factor, I mean, okay, he's you know he's, he's a Queensland five eight, so it's you know it's not too too much of an impact. But yeah, I think without him and with Smith out, I think definitely um, I'm backing the Roosters as well. Um, Warriors yeah. versus Panthers. Um, well, who's your pick, Brad? You're going for the Warriors, aren't you? I can see it. No, I'm going with the Panthers here. Um, I, I, I'll i give it to you. Um, if there's any team that can upset a team like the Panthers, the Warriors are generally that stickler team. They've done it in the past, but I, I like what I see from the Panthers. And um, I'm basically coming out of it only way. Like, as long as the Warriors don't get embarrassed, I'll be happy. Hey, look, look let's be honest. Um, if the Warriors, okay, they've only got that remote chance of being in the eight, but why do we always talk about it? Why do we always be like, hey, look, oh, if, you know, they can get the eight. We talk about it because if they can get the eight, they can win the bloody thing. Now, if yeah. they're going to be able to win the bloody thing this year, which 
I hope is still the aspiration, even though it's a long shot. Like you said, they've got a tough run home. So if they manage to beat the Panthers or beat the Eels or beat another team and get into the eight, they could potentially beat them again. You know what I mean? That they would have to have the confidence that they could beat those teams again. So going into the top eight, having played the Titans or you know a lesser side like you know the Cowboys or you know the Bulldogs, getting to the eight that way would be no point because you'd come across like a, a, a you know a Panther side which would just run you out of the park. You know they'd literally scare the shit out of you. So. <laughs> so I think so that, all I'm hearing here is that you're going with the Warriors. Is is that what you're saying? You're, you're no, picking what the Warriors. I'm saying is, what I'm saying is it would be a good pick for you because, um, you know, there's potential there. I'm, I'm picking the Panthers on, on Friday night, unfortunately. But, yeah, I think, yeah. That, you know, if you back, back your boys in, it would be a good thing. I am four points, five, four or five games adrift, Brad, you see. Um, yeah. Following that, I'm happy with my lead. <laughs> okay. Okay, we'll, we'll stick with the Dragons. Uh, with the Panthers on that one. Okay, on Friday night, we've got the Eels versus the Dragons at Bankwest. Um who do you see taking this one out, Brad? I think it's going to be the Eels. I think like we, we've been talking about, the Dragons seem to be a bit lost now. So I think yep, this is... I'll agree with the Eels on that. We'll move on to Saturday's fixture. We've got the Sharks versus the Titans. Oh, this could be an interesting one. Like I'm pretty tempted here. Um, I guess with the Sharks just losing to the Eels the other day. Who are you picking in this one? You're, you're going Titans, aren't you? No, I'm going Sharks. You're going I'm, Sharks. I'm okay. being safe. Yeah. Being safe this I mean, week. Put me down for the Sharks as well. I think that after the last week they played some pretty good football and came up on the um, you know, on on the, on the wrong side of the ledger, but um, they're certainly looking pretty good. Um, and six from seven before that as well. So, yeah, um, put put the Sharks yeah. down. Uh, Cowboys, Rabbitohs. I don't think it's any question. Rabbitohs for mine. Yeah, same here. Cool. And then we've got the Raiders versus the Broncos. Very traditional, um, you know, encounter this one. It's 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 one of the games that people wait for all season. Um, the Broncos, they're paying only five fifty. Like, I mean, the Warriors are paying seven dollars for the Panthers. Let's have a look at that. Warriors are paying seven bucks and a dollar ten for the Panthers. How the how how do you get five dollars for the Brisbane Broncos um, against the against the Raiders? It's yeah. It's I I don't know. I, I that is crazy. Yeah. Um, so fifteen. Anyway. Um, Oh, so we're, so we're both going for the Raiders. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we're back in the Raiders for that one there. The Knights versus Sea Eagles. Um, I'm backing in the Knights with Paul Green being the latest spark over there. Um, and the West Tigers Great. versus the Bulldogs. Yeah, so yeah, I went with Knights and I'm going with the Tigers as well. Are you going Knights and you're going with the Tigers as well? Yeah, yeah. I okay. Um, I am definitely going with the Tigers as well. So it looks like we're going for all the same teams this week, Brad. Yeah, we're we're exactly the same. So it'll be it'll just be how many of them I'll tell, you, right. I'll tell you what, like you know, on the air, do you want to chuck in uh, a mystery a mystery one? So you you basically have to gamble on one um, to sort of make it a bit more interesting. I am five points adrift. Or do you want to come up with something? Maybe next week we'll come up with something to see if we could maybe a, a mystery pick or something to that effect. I'll think of something. And uh, do you, do you want if you want me to gamble? I'll do it. I'll do it right now. Okay, I'm gambling. I'll I'll change my pick. And you're going to change pick. your pick, really? Okay, it's unprecedented, ladies and gentlemen. But Brad is going to change. What are you going to change, Brad? I'm going with the Warriors. I'll, I'll take the. I'll take oh! the gamble. I'll Excellent. take the gamble. No, that's that's a good one. Um, I'm just, that's a fantastic move. Good on you, Brad. Backing in the Vodafone Warriors. I'll have mud on my face if they win, but I will take <laughs> the pick if they lose. So, um, excellent. So, put us down for those, Bradley. We've got some news from across the, um, well, on the other side of the earth, really, um, in Super League. Um, yeah. St. Helens thrashing leads. Yeah, so St. Helens uh, wanting to show that they're going to be up there with Wigan this year. They they won 48-0. Like, we talked last week about Leeds' great game that they won in Golden Point. So, they um, they weren't meant to be a write-off like this. But, yeah, 48-0 is a, a dominant showing uh james graham got a his first try back in super league after returning um very big game but there was some other news which came through very recently actually um hull fc have had eight players and staff test positive for covid oh um they are being moved into quarantine um and 
their situation, the competitions to be um, evaluated once they figure out what's going to go on. So um, a bit bit of a, a sad story over there at the moment with that, but um, once we know more, we'll be able to talk about it. Yes, um, and um, in the terms of the women's game, we've got some news as well. Uh, women seem to consist mostly of Sydney base players. Yes, yeah, so uh, that's for the, the Warriors women's team. Um, they're basically succumb to the fact that due to COVID, they're basically just going to be um, picking the players from Australia so they don't have to go through quarantine. Uh, the local players that play in the team have been told that if they want to, they can try to get an exemption to go over to Australia by the government because that's kind of a hurdle now and um, do a 14-day quarantine and then stay over there for five weeks. Quite a few of the players have decided against that, the local ones. They want to stay home. So um, it'll be interesting to see what this mishmash team will uh, will do in the little comp. Yeah, the four-team competition, isn't it? Is it a four-team competition? Is that right? I think it's around four teams, isn't it? Yeah. Warriors, and Sydney, and there's a couple of other sides. So, you know, look, we'll keep you updated on that. But ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the conclusion of our show tonight. I hope it was a more entertaining version of the standoff with Sergeant Brad and Brad. Um, if our listeners want to be able to listen to us uh, remotely, how can they do so? Yeah, so tune into the podcast on iHeartRadio or Facebook. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. We hope you stay safe, New Zealand, and uh, until next time, good evening. Thank you. Good evening. Thank you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.